It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Jake Knapp is the inventor of the design sprint and the New York Times bestselling author of the book Sprint. He's also the co-founder of Character, a venture fund for early stage startups. How and why did you start using Miro? I came from this position of thinking, I don't want to be doing stuff online to thinking now when I do a sprint in person with a company, it's like, we're going to use Miro, even though we're all in the same room, because that's a better way for us to get this work done. As an investor, we're basically investing in their ability to solve problems. We're saying, we think this group of people is going to be able to solve a problem in a really great way and create value by doing it. And actually, you need to give people the tools that can help them make decisions, help them collaborate, help them visualize and see things in a different way. And Miro does all those things. So to me, at least as an investor, I'm thinking, give the team the tools that are going to help them think, that are going to make the most brighten their, their skills as smart folks. And Miro is at the top of that list. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The players have been here, but the pads made their first appearance at training camp on Tuesday, and that means that we got one-on-ones with offensive and defensive linemen going at it. That and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome to Commanders fans to this Tuesday episode of Locked On Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. This is your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders. And typically... This is a mailbag episode, but as you can see, we are in Ashburn, Virginia, training camp going on into day six uh, available to the media. So we are going to obviously be talking about training camp. I do want to thank you for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And you continue this conversation with me, along with so many other Commanders fans over at joinsubtext.com. Slash locked on commanders. Of course, I'm your host, David Harrison. You can also find me on Twitter at dharrison82. I am a staff writer, beat reporter, covering the Washington Commanders for Commander Country, a part of Sports Illustrated's fan nation. So you can find all that there as well. But I'm also here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And as always, I appreciate all your support for the program. On today's episode of Locked On Commanders, we're going to hear from three Commanders players at the end of today's episode. Uh, that I got to interview on Tuesday afternoon, so make sure that you stick around for that. We're also going to have our sixth installment of our Howl Watch and a play of the day that's a little bit different thanks to the Washington Commanders being in pads for the first time this training camp session. And that, of course, is the story of the day, pads. That means we're one step closer to real football. It's starting to feel and sound like real football uh, to the fans that were back in attendance, to the media that were in attendance, and, of course, to the players themselves as you will hear about here later on 
in the program. Now, practice is always a good time, but it's a little bit different when the pads come on, especially the first time and uh, one-on-ones. That's that's kind of the biggest. So once you realize there's pads coming, you realize there's one-on-ones coming. And those, of course, are always exciting. We spoke to receiver Jahan Dotson uh, about that just yesterday on yesterday's episode. So if you missed that interview, go back to that episode. Check that out as well, as well as some thoughts uh, following that day of training camp. And, you know, he kind of mentioned, like, there's a little bit more grabbing going on, a little bit more physicality going on. You're not full-blown hitting each other. Obviously, you're still teammates, uh, and you still want to keep each other healthy and all those things. But there is a little bit more physicality uh, to this thing. Now, the receivers and the cornerbacks did do some one-on-ones, but I watched the offensive and the defensive line. So uh, I will watch the receivers and DBs next time uh, that we get an opportunity to. But for today, I stuck with the trench guys uh, for multiple reasons. One, the offensive line is the bigger question, right? We've been talking about the offensive line all offseason, this remade unit, uh, only one returning starter. If you look at Sam Cosby, starting right tackle last year, now he's a right guard. So, uh, you know, if you consider him a new starter for the right guard position, then you've got four new starters. So obviously how they're gelling and how they're getting along uh, is going to be a big story. So I decided to stick with the offensive linemen, watch them as they went through their one-on-ones with the defensive linemen. But I will next time, like I said, watch the receivers and the DBs and give you some insight. Uh, into that. Now, as I watched the one-on-ones with the offensive line, defensive line, I charted every single rep. So every single player that went up against every single player, I charted the matchup, and then I wrote down who won, lost, or if it was a stalemate. And again, this is according to my criteria, right? Everybody's a little bit different, and football is certainly subjective to a certain level. Uh, some wins are obvious. If a, if a dude, if a defensive end comes off the line and just immediately blows by his guy and gets to where the quarterback would be, then obviously that's a win for the defensive end. But sometimes there's a little bit of debate. Uh, John Kime of ESPN and I were standing next to each other, watched this one certain rep, and I was kind of like, ah, I think that's a win for for this guy. And he was like, yeah, you know, could be. But also at the same time, you know, when we think about this, we kind of went back and forth just kind of discussing it. And, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know if he marked it down as a win or a loss. I know what I marked it down as, but I don't know what he marked it down as. So some close reps, certainly. Uh, but for the most part, uh, according to the standings of each player, Chase Young, let's start there. Obviously, he's a hot topic. Uh, he's been looking good all training camp and looking faster than I think I've ever seen him. Uh, certainly, Ben Deer. Uh, he had five op- or four opportunities on the, on the drill. Uh, two, one, and one. So two wins, one loss, one tie. Stalemate by my count. Uh, we had wins against offensive tackle Charles Leno Jr. and Trent Scott each. And then his one loss came against Trent Scott. Uh, it was actually really interesting. He had the loss to Trent Scott, and you can kind of see the frustration on Chase Young's face, I think. I don't, I don't want to speak for him, but you kind of get the feeling that in his brain, he's going to say, I'm Chase Young. Like, I don't lose the swing tackles. You know what I mean? Uh, so immediately the two went at it. I don't know if Chase called him out. Or I don't know if the coach said or he said, I don't know who, who resulted it, but they immediately lined up when again. Uh, and the second time they went, Chase Young uh, absolutely spoke to him. So got the win uh, on that one. Speaking of Charles Leonard Jr., didn't lose any single reps, came away with one stalemate, uh, and that was against Charles Young. Number 93, Jonathan Allen had two stalemates from my count, but was really close. Could have called it either way, honestly. That may have been the one that John Kime and I were talking about. Uh, both reps of those, both of those reps came against interior offensive lineman uh, Sadiq Charles. So that's what you want to hear from your uh, your new starting left guard. Deron Payne had two wins in his three trips, didn't lose any. So the lone stalemate came against Sam Cosme. And if you go back to earlier this week, uh, if you're watching the press conferences that the, the commanders are sharing on Twitter, he kind of mentioned going against Sam Cosme and how Sam has kind of given him some challenges that he hasn't really had before. Uh, so kudos to Sam Cosme there. And then offensive tackle, Jared Jones-Smith. Uh, I don't know how. I don't know who he upset. Maybe he was late for practice or something. But he got matched up against Deron Payne twice. And Deron Payne, uh, 
yeah, there's a reason Jared Jones-Smith is not starting on this team right now, and that's not a dig, but there's also a reason that Deron Payne is one of the highest-paid defensive linemen in the NFL, and he showed that uh, on those reps. Number 90, Montez Sweat looked really good as well. Uh, on one specific rep, he pushed Andrew Wiley right into what would have been Sam Howell's lap. Of course, you don't want to see that from your right tackle, but you love seeing it from your left end, and so it's, it's kind of a, a mixed bag of reactions because you want to see Montez Sweat dominating, but you also want to see Andrew Wiley dominating. Uh, that was the only matchup between those two that I was able to observe. Number 63, Nick Gates got a really good stonewall block on defensive tackle with John Ridgway. Uh, John Ridgway tried to hit him with a bull rush, and Nick Gates wasn't having anything of it. Overall, the starting offensive line, however, went 0-1-3 and uh, against Washington's starting defensive line. Again, John Ridgway not a starter in this circumstance, so that's kind of how that went. But uh, look, three stalemates means neither guy wins, which means the offensive lineman didn't just completely manhandle his opponent, but he also didn't let him get to the quarterback. So when you're looking from an offensive line standpoint, you might call that a win anyway. Uh, but, you know, given the criteria, that's kind of how uh, we, we marked it up there. So two players who went undefeated by my count were offensive tackle Alex Akimbulu and defensive tackle Benning Potoai. And some standout moments from the, from the drills include Montez Sweat again taking Wiley for that ride, but also rookie defensive end K.J. Henry hitting a super impressive, super quick inside move to get inside offensive tackle Cornelius Lucas for a very impressive, very fast win in their one-on-one matchup. Fedarian Mathis uh, got what you would call a late win uh, working as interior office of Keaton Sutherland. Looked kind of like a stalemate, but a little bit later in the rep, uh, Fedarian was able to separate, get past Sutherland. Uh, so I kind of gave him like maybe a half-point win uh, for their good, good effort for both guys either way, to be quite honest with you. And then there was a stalemate between Jonathan Allen and second-year guard Chris Paul where Allen certainly got a push on him, but Paul was able to keep him from getting to where the quarterback would have been. So I called it a stalemate again. If you if you want to look at it and say, well, Allen kind of steered him, uh, then you might call it a win right off the line of scrimmage. But again, Paul was able to protect his quarterback. So I gave uh, this, I gave it a I gave it a stalemate between the two because uh, neither of them really dominated. William Bradley King also had an impressive win using an outside move on Cornelius Lucas. So obviously Cornelius Lucas not coming away a big winner uh, from today's drills. And then there's our play of the day, which is a unique type of play of the day because it's going to come in the form of two plays, and it also didn't come in team drills. It came from this individual drill. Towards the end of the session, undrafted rookie free agent offensive lineman Mason Brooks lined up on the interior of the offensive line against second-year defensive tackle Fedarian Mathis. Now, Mathis, as you'll remember, was the commander's second-round pick last year in the NFL draft uh, out of Alabama, and Brooks is an undrafted free agent rookie this year coming out of Ole Miss. So there's some history there. Uh, While Mathis isn't exactly... Uh, a dominant pass rusher or expected to be a dominant pass rusher. He's more of a space eater, run stopper, block eater type. Nobody expected Brooks to necessarily win that matchup, especially as easily as he did. And the kicker is he did it twice. All right. He beat him once. They lined up again. Uh, they reset the drill and Brooks handled Mathis in both reps. Uh, actually did better in the second rep than he did in the first and ended up with Mathis face down uh, on the grass. So it was a little surprising, but, you know, shout out goes. Out to Mason Brooks, Fedari Mathis, I'm sure will be fine. Talk to him after uh, the, the practice of the press conference, and he seemed fine, of course. So I'm sure everything will be okay. But, again, one guy's got to lose, one guy's got to win. Mason Brooks got the win. There also saw Jonathan Allen working with Chris Paul on the side following the individual drills. Of course, you love to see that. A, a, a veteran defense attack, one of the best in the game, uh, mentoring a young offensive lineman on how to stop the likes of him. So you love seeing that kind of thing. Speaking of working, Quarterback Sam Howell is continuing his development, and we're going to discuss his performance on day six, along with three player interviews to end today's show. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. And today's episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're preparing for a draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has picked out for us in this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. If you're looking to park an elite running back in your fantasy football garage after the top half dozen uh, options at the position have been taken off the lot, expect Lions rookie Jameer Gibbs to be a roaring engine as he takes the lead role in an overhauled backfield. The real first pick or first round pick is a steal as an RB2, possessing the talent and pedigree to deliver big immediate results in a loaded offense. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championships and eBay Motors knows that a championship team is all about each player being a perfect fit. The same goes with your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shock struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it, and they'll make sure that it's the right fit for your car. Because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating in your ride. If your ride needs a little fixing up, because now you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Go the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, guys, continuing on with today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Thanks again for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day, especially post-practice every day. Make sure you come back tomorrow. We are back out here at practice in Ashburn, Virginia. We will continue looking at this team, continue observing. Uh, of course, if you want to send in any questions for future mailbag episodes to come, you can do so by dropping them in the YouTube comments. You can email them to LockedOnCommanders at gmail.com, or you can text them directly to me by going to joinsubtext.com slash locked on commanders getting new additions to uh, the subtext family uh, on an almost daily basis i greatly appreciate all of you who are coming through there and i'm sending my text messages throughout practice to uh to those guys i'm sending some notes and observations i sent uh we did some running drills out here uh to, to begin practice some goal line running drills specifically and some all some other running drills and i sent down my breakdown uh kind of charted each play and, and made notes from all the plays and sent those out to the subtexters as well and of course, continuing subtextures to, uh, to, to request the player interviews that you guys see on this show. Those are coming from commanders fans like yourself. So if you want to get in on all that fun, uh, join subtext.com slash locked on commanders again is where you need to go. Now time for a how watch day six. And in the first set of 11 on 11s, it was Jacoby Brissett on the field for the first time, but it was the second team offense. And make no mistake about it, it was the second team offense. Eric BNME saying second team, second team, uh, Jacoby Brissett. And the second-team offense got out there against the first-team defense, however, uh, to start the 11-on-11 session. So that was something that was a little bit new uh, for today's uh, situation. Let me drop this eBay banner for you so that that kind of goes away there. Um, We do love eBay Motors, but we don't want to keep that up there the entire time, do we? So uh, Sam Howell and the the first-team offense got the second crack at the 11s, and they went up there against the second-team defense. Talked to uh, a veteran NFL player about that very a situation kind of said, you know, what's what's the what's the impact here? What's the point here? And essentially said, look, especially when you're installing new plays, which the commanders did install uh, a new shuffle pass that I know you guys have seen on Twitter and all that stuff by now. So I'll go ahead and talk about it openly. 
they installed this play. So sometimes when you're installing new plays, especially trickier type plays to, to execute, you want to put the second team defense out there because you still want those guys to be able to go as full speed as possible. But let's be real. You're putting some lesser talented guys on the field. You know, it's certainly not Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Chase Young, all that stuff. And so your first team offense gets to kind of ease into operating that play against the live defense. And then later on, you'll see it instituted against the first team defense. So that's essentially the explanation that I got. We got here. Uh, for why they will sometimes, NFL teams will sometimes do that. And then, of course, your second team offense is going up against your first team defense. So if you need to rely on Jacoby Brissett at some time in the future, he's now getting reps against your first team defense. So there's a dual uh, kind of benefit to that. So in Sam's first set of 11 on 11s, a lot of runs uh, going on in that play. But uh, Sam Howell did throw the ball twice. He completed both of those passes, one of them to the left side uh, to wide receiver Jahan Dotson, who was in uh, running his route against Quan Martin, who was in coverage. And then the uh, next pass that he completed was a play-action pass to Curtis Samuel, who actually lined up in the backfield in shotgun uh, before uh, heading out. And then uh, he hit a right-out route to Dotson. Sorry, so the pass was to Dotson. The play-action was to Curtis Samuel. That was the first set going two for two uh, in two pass attempts uh, there for the Washington Commanders' first team offense. Uh, in the second set, we worked goal line. So uh, obviously very tight quarters, very close quarters for the defensive players and the offensive players. And how started off 0 for 1. But FAO bottom man got very, very quick penetration uh, through the offensive line there and caused a lot of problems. So Sam Howell ended up dirtying the screen ball, which, again, you don't like to see that kind of stuff against your offense. But I will always say I appreciate quarterbacks that don't take practice sacks and just say, oh, well, uh, it happens. Um, KJ Henry uh, came in for a tackle for loss on the second play. It was a run play. And then Khalid Hudson actually came in, filled a run gap, and was able to make a tackle at the line of scrimmage. Uh, in the goal line situation. So your second team defense stepping up against your first team offense, which could be concerning, but also is very, very encouraging for guys like KJ Henry and Khalid Hudson. Uh, and then you got the shuffle pass. So Sam Howell going one for two, the shuffle pass to Logan Thomas for a touchdown. So obviously the play that they uh, installed went very, very well. Uh, set three didn't start off so hot. A fumbled exchange on a run play between Sam Howell and Antonio Gibson. From my angle, it looked like Sam Howell basically just left it short. So uh, the fumble would be credited to Sam Howell, and uh, I think it was deserved by Sam Howell. Uh, Montez Sweat got in for a sack on the second play of the game. The or the set, the third play was an 0 for, uh, 0 for 1 start for Sam Howell. Bootleg right deep down the middle to Deami Brown was broken up by Benjamin St. Juice. I will say this, though, and and this isn't meant as criticism, just my personal opinion. Uh, defensive backs coach for the Washington Commanders was in the middle of the field, and as the ball was coming through, was basically telling Benjamin St. Juice where to look and where to go to break up the pass to me. I don't know. You can't do that. Like You can't stand on the field in a game and tell Benjamin James St. Juice where the ball is coming from. So I don't know. I don't think you should be able to do that uh, in practice. Maybe if you're standing on the sideline doing it, okay, and, and we'll see if that changes things. But anyway, that's my own old man yells at cloud uh, moment. Uh, second pass of the, of the set was completed over the middle to Logan Thomas, Cody Barton in coverage, and then the third pass, an, an out route to the left side of the formation to Terry McLaurin. Not completed, but... I'm pretty sure that Benjamin St. Juice would have been flagged for defense pass interference on that play, and I'm not the only media member who thought so. Moving on to the fourth set for Sam Howell. Started off one for one with a dump off left side to Brian Robinson Jr. to escape pressure. Uh, then he went one for two, incomplete screen pass, blown up by Chase Young, who just, I mean, he ran around Charles Leno like Charles Leno Jr. wasn't even moving. It was, it was pretty fast off the line. So Chase Young, again, looking very, very good here this training camp. Uh, the third pass was a non-pass because uh, it should have been a sack. Chase Young got to Sam Howell, uh, got a hand on his back before he threw the ball. 
Uh, however, Sam Howell did throw a beautiful pass when he did throw the ball to Terry McLaurin, who had beaten Emmanuel Forbes on the right sideline. Terry McLaurin making a great catch on the route as well. Uh, third pass was incomplete. Curtis Samuel over the middle was the target. Uh, went to jump up for the ball, and I'm pretty sure you heard Derek Forrest's feet coming, or steps coming, and even in friendly confines and even in training camp, uh, Curtis Samuel decided to take the business decision, not get leveled. Uh, so that ball, that ball falls incomplete. So one for three in the final set of the day. Not great, but five for 10 overall, 50%. Again, not great, but a touchdown, no interceptions, which I think is important to talk about as we talk about a young quarterback. Yeah, you want the percentage, uh, the completion percentage a little bit higher if you can get it there, but the fact that you're getting no interceptions uh, in 11 on 11 today, and only again one that I put on Sam Howell directly in 11 on 11 so far. The training camp is pretty promising, uh, if you ask me. So, we're going to wrap up this episode with three player interviews, including one with new commanders linebacker Cody Barton. Since we couldn't get him yesterday, we got him on Tuesday out here in Ashburn, Virginia. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Okay, here's how Miro works. See, it's amazing. What's everyone doing at David's desk? Ever since marketing started using Miro's collaborative online whiteboard, he thinks all our other teams should sign up. Why? He says Miro's making his meetings disappear. And if every team gets on it, that means even less meetings. They're using Miro for brainstorms, mind maps, customer research. So could we use Miro instead of having another 100 meetings for every round of feedback? Yep. You can comment, react to ideas, even leave a recording on the board. And what about presentations? There are Miro templates for that. How do you know so much about Miro? I've actually been using it all along. I just used a Miro board to plan the best vacation. Okay, I'm on board. See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more. Get on board at Miro.com with three boards free forever. That's M I R O.com. Of this training camp episode of Locked On Commanders out here in Ashburn, Virginia, following day six on Tuesday of Washington Commanders training camp practice. We're going to hit three player interviews that I was able to get with guys off coming off the field after practice. We're going to start with Washington Commanders offensive tackle, Alex Akinbulu. All right, Alex, this is the day we have been waiting for. Pads on for the first time. How's it feel to be in those pads for the first time this season? Yeah, man. It's, it kind of reminds you why you love playing football. Just thumping, just the sound of that. You know, people talking, they talk, everything. It's just it's a great atmosphere. The fans are out. So it was fun, man. Just get to, you know, hit people. I love it. Yeah, man. What's that What's that first rep like when you guys were? I think it was goal line y'all, y'all did first. What's that first pop like? It's just exhilarating, man. It kind of snaps you back into that, that mode. Yeah. After that first one, then it's like, okay, we're in it now. So you just got to keep going, you know, rely on your teammates. Everybody's bringing the energy. So I'm excited. Absolutely. How is it having the fans out here for this, too? It's great, man. Great. They bring the energy every single time, man. It's, you know, just, just from last year to this year, it's, it's a crazy change, and we appreciate all the fans that, that's coming out. Absolutely, man. So I, I charted all the one-on-ones, and uh, by my account, you went undefeated today. So how, how's that feel? I appreciate you saying that. Um, you know, just go back, watch film. Look what I did good. Look what I what I can improve on. I'm just excited, man. Like, you know, the guys are excited, too. It's, it's a lot of good competition going on, a lot of talented guys. So I'm just blessed to be in a position to, you know, show what I can do. Absolutely. What are your thoughts, uh, Terrell Warden? I mean, you worked with him, obviously, before, but now he, the, the full-time offensive line coach. What's your thoughts on Coach Warden? Man, coach Warden, man, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a player's coach. He's obviously been a player, so he knows how the trenches are and stuff like that. So i just been picking his brain. Last year, he was, he was with the, uh, the younger guys a lot, too, so... Just picking his brain, really, just, um, you know, all the stuff he's learned from playing the position and just, you know, listening to what he has to say. We have other guys in the room, too, uh, Charles Leno, 
you know, other guy, Coach Juan. So it's a lot, a lot of, a uh, lot of experience in the room. A lot of guys, you know, who know what they're doing. So I'm just leaning on those guys and just taking what they coach and just apply it. And then uh, Coach Juan Garcia was with the Titans last year. He's with y'all this year. What do you think about him? Coach Juan too, man. Coach Juan and Coach Warren, they, they've been working great together, just giving us, you know, the best looks, the best tips, the best, you know, just advice to, you know, put our best foot forward. And, you know, he's just, I, I love that they're letting us play. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're letting us show what we can do. Athletic guys letting us get in space and let us use our talents to, you know, the best of our abilities. Yes, sir. And I got to ask everybody, what about, what's up with EB? What do you think about EB? Love EB, man. That's my top <laughs> guy, man. He, he was, uh, he was in LA for a bit. So I could kind of like, okay. I feel that LA swag about him, but, but he's holding everybody accountable. And that's what you want from, you know, you know, the head guy. So yeah, man, we, we're excited to have him. Um, we love the plays, the playbook. He's bringing the energy, you know, that we, we, we need. So it's like, just excited, man, just to show what we can do on, put it on film. Yes, sir. I appreciate your time, man. I appreciate you. All right, again, that was Washington Mayor's offensive tackle, Alex Akingbulu. A fun fact about Akingbulu, he's also an Afro-pop musical uh, musician, right? He's in a musical group called YDN, uh, the Afro-pop group. He turned me on to the group's music last year, and it's now a regular on my rotation in my Apple Music library. So if you've never heard it or you've never listened to Afro-pop, highly recommend it. And I'm going to recommend you start with a song called Showdown, one of my favorite songs. Uh, another one of my favorite songs, Be Me. Castle is another one of my favorite songs. Uh, and again, that group is YDN. I'm actually going to link a playlist of their songs that Akinbulu himself created last year on Spotify down in the show description. So if you want to check it out, you can simply go click the link and it'll take you to a playlist. Uh, it's pretty good stuff. So I think you're going to like that. But next, let's hear from uh, defensive lineman Benning Potoai. All right, Benning, it's the day that at least us on the sidelines watching, we've been waiting for our first day in pads. So uh, what was what was like this morning getting suited up in those pads for the first time this year? I felt good. It felt really good. It actually feels like things just started getting going. Everybody's able to kind of get comfortable um, in contact, colliding, um, going against each other at real speed. So uh, I think everybody had a good time out there. Uh, it, was, it was comfortable getting to feel it, feel it again, really. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What's that? What's that first pop like? I think you guys started off in goal line. What's yeah. that? What's that first hit like of the day? It's well needed. I'll yeah. tell you that much. Once once you get that first hit in, all the jitters, all the butterflies go away, and you kind of get to play comfortable, play loose, kind of be able to uh, settle in. And, you know, it kind of reminds you how things feel and how things feel at full speed. So it feels good. It feels good to get it out the way. Absolutely. And then I was watching one-on-ones, and according to my media expertise, which, you know, varies on the on the level of expertise, <laughs> but it looks to me like you won all your reps today. So so how does that feel? Oh, it feels good. It feels really good. Obviously, it's a game of competition. Um, we're out here competing, competing against each other. Everybody out here is... Uh, very talented in what they do, so it's it's, it's good. To, it's good to win, obviously. You know, so we're competing, so feel good today. Absolutely, and and I mean, it might just be me, man. I haven't seen you in a while, but you look faster this year. You look a little bit quicker. Do you feel faster and quicker this year? I, yes, I feel more explosive. Uh, I feel good when I'm out. I did a lot of work uh, this offseason, so it feels good to be back and see see how how things translate into football. So feels good. Had a lot of expectations for the defense, but specifically the def- defensive front. How do you feel about your room and, and the group of guys you got? Phenomenal. I mean, with John and Payne leading the way and everybody just following, being able to work hard and um, just them setting the example, seeing them do what they do and kind of just, you know, mimicking what they do, just uh, 
kind of paves the way for us and allows us to just actually just work hard and do what they do, you know, as hard as we can. So. Absolutely. Now, spending time with the Buccaneers before you arrived here uh, in the DMV, obviously you had to play with a guy like Vita Vea, who's making his mark in the NFL, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, certainly making their marks. What are the what are the, kind of the similarities between the, the defense tackles you work with or and what are some of the differences that stood out to you as well? They don't complain. That's, that's one thing that uh, stands out to me the most about um, – those three guys that you just named, no complaining. Um, they're really just here to work, and uh, they find the they find the good in everything, even when it's kind of hard to um, seeing things. You know, when it's going wrong, if you're losing, if you're not having a good day, they find a good way to kind of flip it upside down. And I think that's the the secret to them: just continuing to strive, um, just having that mindset behind them. Uh, it's, it's it's very inspiring to watch, to be behind over there at Tampa, behind Vita, over here behind Ron Payne. And kind of, all right, so again, that was Washington Commanders defensive lineman Benning Poto Ai. We're going to finish it up with new Washington Commanders linebacker Cody Bart. All right, Cody, first and foremost, obviously your first year here in Washington. How are you liking the DMV? How are you liking the Commanders? I mean, as far as the area, I love it. And, you know, being on this team, um, you know, I'm really loving it here. You know, teammates are awesome. Everyone's professional. Everyone's real cool. And, uh, you know, everyone's just got good chemistry and good energy about it. And obviously, I mean, the 12s, right, are, are famous for, for being really good fans out there in Seattle. But, I mean, we hear them in the background here. we got a good fan turnout here as well. Yeah, what do you the, think about Commanders fans? Yeah, the turnout here the last, last week and going into this week has been awesome. You know, it's been packed every single day that they've been at, uh, letting fans in. And so, um, you know, I'm happy with the support and, uh, you know, excited for the season to get rolling around and see the turnout. Absolutely. First day in pads today. What, what's yeah. it like strapping those pads on for the first time this oh, season? Oh, it feels good. You know, you don't. Last time you put on pads is your last season of the of the previous year, you know. So yeah. then you wait a long time for that time to put on pads again, and it, uh, it feels good, you know, clinging them back up, you know, touching them a little bit. But yeah. uh, no, it is fun, you know. And uh, you know, got thud up a little bit today. It was good. Absolutely. Uh, I talked to some Seattle media members when, when you got signed here, and, and they all kind of told me that you were misutilized a little bit in Seattle. I'm not going to ask you to comment on that, but do you feel like this scheme really kind of accentuates your talents? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I saw you blow up a play earlier. I mean, I think it was a B-gap run, just hit right through there. Uh, how does it feel when you get to hit that gap and, and hit that running back and know that you you made a big play for your defense? It feels good, you know, and, and I'm trying to, even though I am still new to this team, you know, I feel like I'm earning some respect from my teammates, but I still feel like every day I got to come out here and, you know, earn more respect from my teammates and earn that, you know, that whatever you call it, just to be alongside them. And, uh, you know, the way to do that is just play good ball and make plays. Absolutely. So, some of my Locked On Commanders listeners and viewers specifically asked me to, to find time with you and interview for you for the show. So what do you what do you have to tell them about who you are as, as a player and what you mean for the Commanders fan base? Tell them who? The Commanders fans. Oh, um, you know, play fast, play smart. You know, I got a, I'm a high-energy guy, always going to be around the ball. Um, you know, and I love y'all's support. You know, when you guys get rocking in the stadium, I look forward to seeing y'all in September. All right, so that was new Washington Commanders linebacker Cody Barton, and that is how we're going to wrap up this training camp practice episode of Locked On Commanders. Day six in the books, back out here tomorrow for day seven as we continue through week two of 2023 NFL training camp. If you've got questions or comments, just drop them into the YouTube comment section. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up in email form at LockedOnCommanders at gmail.com or text me directly from your cell phone, and my responses will come directly to you in the form of a text as well by going to joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnCommanders. As always, I want to thank you, Commanders fans, for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or view of the day every day and every day is greatly appreciate you coming through on a consistent basis like you do i continue to appreciate the locked on commanders viewers and listeners that are saying hi to me out here at training camp practice please continue to do so if you're coming out here 
don't hesitate to say hi. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day, part of your football routine. And if you've got anything else Commanders related you want to discuss, just find me on Twitter at dharrison82. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.